Heritage Park Baptist Church, we make apprentices to Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit heritagepark.org. Um, we are uh, in the season of Advent, and if uh, you, like me, I didn't grow up at a church that celebrated Advent, and so all of this is fairly new uh, for me, has been, but um, what I do know is that um, these, these symbols uh, that we do every year are powerful symbols. They're things that we get an opportunity to kind of lock our eyes onto as the, as the reminder of things that we care about, the things that we hope for, the things that we're looking forward to. So last um, week, Howard Priest, and, um, he lit the candle of hope as a reminder that um, the hope that we have uh, gives us something, resolve, if you will, uh, to continue um, to, to do the things that God wants us to do. And today, uh, we light the candle of peace And when we talk about peace, um, we're talking about something much more than tranquility. The vast majority of us, when we think about peace, at least I say vast majority, you're smarter than the average people. I'm looking at you, you're smarter than the average folks. The vast majority of people in our culture, when they think about peace, they think about tranquility. They think about uh, no waves um, on the water. They think about clear blue skies. They think about um, no rough patches Um, very smooth roads, whatever it may be. And the reality is, is that life goes exactly like that for everybody, right? We all long for tranquility. What God offers today is peace. Let me try to picture that a little bit. Uh, Jenny and I, we were on vacation and um, had a great time. There was a moment where, uh, in one of the places where we got to be, where uh, there was a dad um, who was, there was a mom and another little kid hauling, uh, like the kid and luggage, and the dad was hauling luggage also, but he had a baby carrier strapped on, yeah? With me on this? Okay, dad and baby carrier hauling luggage. All right, so click, click, click going on. Um, That baby was doing fine. Apparently when the baby um, had just gotten strapped in, the baby was awake because the baby was facing outward, right? Now, um, I I don't know everything. I've never actually worn a baby carrier to my knowledge, but if, if the baby's facing outward and then goes to sleep, that baby carrier hits that baby about right here, yeah? And so like, you know, you just, it's not a good look to have your kid choking as you're walking around the city while hauling luggage. Therefore, the dad, in all of his effort, was hauling the luggage and has tucked his hand up under the baby's chin, holding it up like this. And so there's a lot happening here. Mom, other little kid, luggage, dad, baby carrier, tucked chin, hauling luggage. They're trying to get somewhere and it's, you know, I mean, there's just a lot happening. For the baby, though... No problems. None. Why? I mean, there was noise. There was the walking rhythm thing, hauling luggage, noise, lots of people around. The baby, no problems. Why? There was a father who made sure that that baby was okay. That is peace. It's not that there's not stuff blowing around. It's not that there's not things that are happening all around. He said, there's a father who's got his hands on you and therefore peace, peace. When we talk about peace, we talk about wholeness. It's not tranquility, it's wholeness. And today, I look at this uh, familiar passage. If you um, grew up around church, this Christmas story in particular is pretty familiar. If you um, are a user of the Bible app, feel free to open our app and find our live event. And also, if you want a Bible that you can put in your lap, there's some on the sides of the tech booth. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Here we go. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock 
by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. There's our word, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so I just want to highlight three, if you will, characters in the story, bring it down to a a single statement that they remind us of as it regards peace. Here we go. Number one, the shepherds. Let's talk about the shepherds. Back in verse eight, same region. There were shepherds out in the field. What region are we talking about? Um, In the first few verses of Luke chapter two, um, uh, Mary and Joseph had uh, found their way to Bethlehem because of the um, census that had been going on. And so you had to work through all of that. They're there. And so in the region, in the region where um, Joseph and Mary are, this is what we're talking about. In the region of Bethlehem, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. And the reason I highlight that is because for the shepherds, what did they do? They just got up and went to work. But yet in that same region, God was doing something, a, a work that was miraculous, that was incredible, that would change eternity. And I I simply say that to point this out, that folks, God is at work around you, even if you don't see it yet. He, He is at work around you, even if you don't see it. In that same region. And what were they doing? They were keeping watch over their flock by night. So um, shepherds, they are doing what they know to do. Because the the duty of doing what you know to do is not a lesser duty. And in fact, it is the the moment when oftentimes when we're doing the things that we're supposed to be doing, it's oftentimes the moment when um, God steps in and intervenes or works in some miraculous way or reveals himself in some powerful way. This is how that happens. And so I just want to encourage um, everybody in here who's just keeping watch because the shepherds, what did they do? They woke up in the morning, had a little breakfast, whatever shepherds eat for breakfast. And then what do they do? They watch the sheep. And then lunchtime comes, have a little bread. And guess what they're doing? They're still watching the sheep. And then night falls, they stoke a little fire here and they're counting the sheep. Hey, Bob, how many you got over there? 13. Okay, great. Okay. And they just watch this. This is just what they do. This is their living. They're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're keeping watch. And it's in that moment, God is at work very close to them. And it is in that moment when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. That he could have, that he stepped in. Can you imagine if one of them had given up Bob the shepherd's being like, dude, you know what? I've had enough of this sheep. I'm out of here. And then he just walks off, goes back home, sleeps in his own bed. And then they come, he comes back the next day like, hey, did y'all do okay last night? Uh, you're not going to believe what happened. What would he have missed had he walked away? What would we miss if we did? The question, I, I think for me, I'll ask it for me. The question is in that moment, can I trust God's timing? Because there are moments when I, I, I don't. My timing is not his, and therefore I want to go ahead and speed his up or slow his down or whatever it may be. Can I trust his timing in the midst of that? La- last thing I would say, again, just because of the rhythm of it all, wake up, sheep, lunch, sheep, um, stoke a fire, sheep, go to bed, sheep. I mean, just the, the rhythm of it all. Sometimes we think that predictability is peace, and it's not. And, and honestly, n- neither is pretending um, oh, no, 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 everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
When it comes to predictability, that, that kind of rhythm um, of uh, wake up sheep, lunch sheep, and on and on, um, rhythm can produce that kind of superficial piece or even a passivity. Oh, I'm sure God's up to something. I don't know what he's going to do, but it can produce that kind of passivity or even a veiled um, sense of contentment. But the reality is, is that predictability is not peace. And if, if our world is spinning out of, is anybody saying there's a famous, I guess, internet meme, the, the dog, and he's surrounded by flames, and it's, it's fine, it's fine, everything's fine. It's so famous that actually there are preschool workers here who have the shirt printed. It's fine, it's fine, everything's fine. And the whole thing, the reason it's funny is because there's nothing fine about it, right? The whole place is burning down. And so this is the idea, oh, no, 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 everything's just fine. No, the place is on fire. Predictability is not peace, and pretending is not peace. So what do we learn? What do the shepherds teach us? Here's the single sentence that the shepherds help us with. In order to bring peace, God is willing to break peace. They were there doing what they were doing and their world got completely turned upside down. They were there and it shocked them. They were there and it it says, and they were, um, angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. Now, if you have an old King James Bible, the old King James says, and they were sore afraid, meaning they got so scared they were sore the next day. I don't know how that is, but that's, that's pretty sore. That's pretty. So like in order to bring peace, God, he will break peace. And then the angel shows up. That means that God is up to something. Um, the glory of God shines around them. And so that is a revelation of something there is now full darkness I mean, out in the field, the Milky Way is on full display. It's just dark out there. And all of a sudden, there's so much light that you can't see. Things will be revealed in that moment. And the result of something unexpected and things being revealed is that kind of vulnerability that pushes us towards fear. And that fear can drive us away from God or it can drive us to God. In order to bring peace, God is willing to break peace. And here's one of the questions I just want you to ponder. Is there something in your life that is pretending to be peace? That is substituting for peace that God needs to break in order to bring genuine peace? Is is there something that needs revealing or replacing? Because it's a substitute, it's a poser, and it needs to be replaced. Shepherds, in order to bring peace, God will break peace. Verse 10. And the angel, we'll take, talk about the angel. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So just note here, the angel, as he speaks, he says a couple of things. First of all, I bring, I bring. So what that tells us is that God is the initiator here. God is the one who, who moves toward us. He's not uh, leaving us guessing. He's not saying, oh, I hope you find me or anything like that. He is moving towards us. And listen, that is the way it has always been. In this particular instance, the shepherds are just there, little campfire, counting sheep, no big deal. All of a sudden the angel shows up and oh, hold my word. And what they know in that moment is that God has moved towards them. But from the beginning, it was this way. In Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve had a problem, deceived by the snake, disobeyed God. And then they went and hid. And what happened after that? God's like, you suckers. No, what happened? Adam, Adam, where are you? Just to be clear, God was not geographically challenged in that moment. He wasn't asking for 
Adam's GPS coordinates. He, he knew that there was distance in the relationship, and he was beckoning him out of that. He was moving. God was... Adam and Eve went and hid in their shame, and God moved toward them in that. And it's been that way ever since. He is in constant pursuit of these people. God is the initiator. I bring. And he says, good news, great joy, which will be for all the people. You see that at the end of verse 10. It will be for all these people, all these people. Um, what kind of people? Well, all of them. Well, but I mean, who's included in the all? Well, all of them. What does that mean? Well, that means nobody gets excluded. And what we mean by that is simply this, that there are people who live with the idea I or they, so it depends on if you're looking introspectively or you're just, you know, being judgy towards other people outside. I or they, they are uh, too far from God. They are outside of the pale. I'm too great of a sinner. Um, They are too great of a sinner to really understand who God is, to really understand what he's done, to be pursued by God, to be worthy of salvation, to be whatever, whatever. I am too big of a sinner for that to be the reality. And in that moment, what you need to know is that sinners are the only kinds of people that God pursues. Because it's the only kind of people who are. Every single person you're sitting on the row with, every single person that you are going to talk to this week, the person that you married, the kids that you brought into the world, they're all sinners, every one of them. It's it's the only kind of people that God pursues because it's the only kind of people who are. And for you or I to say, I'm too much of a sinner... It simply says, uh, you don't understand just how big the grace of God is. Yes, your sin is a big deal, but the grace of God, it's a bigger deal than that. And then he says, there's good news. In the middle of verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy. What's the news? Well, look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day. So there's, in in some ways, it's a new story. Because you got a baby on the scene. It's a new story, baby. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, just for those of you keeping score at home, Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ. So tie together Bethlehem and Christ, and what you figure out is it's a new story, but it's really not. It's an old, old story in some ways. Why? Because God, from the moment that he pursued Adam and Eve in the garden, has said, listen, there's going to come a one who is the seed of this woman. And the serpent will rise up and strike his heel, but he will crush the serpent's head from that moment forward. And then throughout all the rest of the Old Testament, they were saying, there's a Christ, there's a Messiah who's coming. There's a Messiah who's coming. And when the New Testament gets written, Messiah, that word becomes Christ. So Jesus is the Messiah. That's what he's saying. He's keeping his promises for generations and generations and generations. He's held on to them and held on to them and held on to them and, and repeated them and repeated them and repeated them so that we didn't forget, so that when this happened, we would know that God is the one who keeps his promises. Even included, uh, for unto you is born to say, in the city of David, in the book of Micah, Bethlehem is this little bitty hamlet of a town. One stoplight, it blinks at 10 p.m. at night, doesn't start un- not blinking until 6.30 the next morning, that kind of town. Did you grow up there? Some of us did. You, 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 I mean, it's that kind of town, out of the way, backwoods. Like, what? From there, from there is going to come the Messiah. He's, he's making sure that we understand this is an old story. It's a new story. It's a new one because there's a baby on the scene. But in some ways, it's an old story. In every way, though, in every way, it's the lead story. Why? Because this one who was born in the city of David is the Savior, who is Christ, the Messiah, who is the Lord. Savior, meaning 
We know what his purpose is. He came to save. And Lord, he is the one who defines that relationship. We understand where he is, and we understand where we are. You're in charge. I am not. So what does that mean? What does the angel, like, what do we boil that down to? What do we take with us? It's this, that God's peace, he he is willing to break peace in order to bring it, genuine peace to us. But, But God's peace comes in a person not in a set of circumstances, not, not in a newer or shinier, not in a better or different. His peace comes in a person. The wholeness that he wants to bring to us comes because of Jesus. Everyone, everyone, um, well, I say everyone, just work with me here. If you've had this moment, can you just nod along with me? Um, you, you, uh, you have the new baby, okay, like when our oldest was born. Christmas time came around, and when the grandparents are around and the baby, the new baby is there, guess who gets forgotten? That middle generation, right? Like you got grandparents and you got the grandbaby, but the people who brought the grandbaby into the world, they're like, eh, I don't know, what are you doing here? You know, like, what are you doing? Like, shouldn't you be, I don't know, doing... But because the grandparents are so excited to celebrate the baby. So, like, at that point, you, I mean, me, I'm just like, I, what, I don't even know. I guess I'll go over here and just sit down or something. I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Do I need to go mow the yard? I, like, what do I do in this moment? Because the grandparents have taken the grandbaby, and all, everything changes when the baby shows up. That's true at your Christmas, and that's true at this one, too. Everything changes when the baby shows up. His peace comes in a person, not only because of who he is, he is the Savior, he is Christ the Messiah, he is the Lord, he is God in the flesh, but also because of what he will do. Everything changes because the baby shows up. The promised one has now come, and he, that baby, grows up, and he will live a perfect life in obedience to God. And then that Baby will grow up and not only live a perfect life, but he will die a sacrificial death on a cross for you and for me. He will pay the debt that I could never have paid. He will, he will um, overcome the sin and the shame that I never could have overcome. And then ultimately, he will rise victoriously and then ascend to the right hand of God Almighty so that we know that the faith that we place in him it's, it's well warranted. It's, it's, it's like, like, this is the horse that we want to bet on here. This is the person we want to give our lives to. This is the one who is the Savior and who is the Lord. In the book of Romans, Paul says it this way. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified... By faith. In other words, since we've been, been made right, not by our own effort, but by trusting in what God has done for us in Jesus. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have, there's our word, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The peace that we have comes through Jesus. God's peace comes in a person because of who he is and because of what he has done. And the peace that, he, um, the peace that we need is the peace that he gives, a peace with God angel. He's willing to break peace in order to bring it, and his peace comes in a person. And then, look at, uh, well, and just by the way, verse 12, again, he's not leaving us guessing. This is, 
This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. In other words, you're not going to roll into Bethlehem shepherds and be like, uh, hey, anybody had a baby lately? Like, let's go see. Is it that one over there? Oh, is it you? No, 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 I'm not so sure. No, no, you're going to know uh, swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. You, you got it, okay? You're not going to find a baby. You're going to go find the baby. Then, then what happened? Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Let's just pause there for just a second. The chorus like showed up. Okay. So shepherds, you got all this. Um, the shepherds are there, fire, sheep, you got, you got yours. Everybody's in place doing what we're supposed to be doing. Angel shows up. Uh, they were so frightened that they did know, did not know what to do. It's why every time the angel shows up, anytime any angel shows up, first words out of the angel's mouth are fear not. Because otherwise we'd be terrified and just, you know, I don't know what we do, but we would probably not enjoy it. So fear not. That's what he says. Okay, so fear not. And then, then after the little message happens, I mean, God just like the, the heavens, the sky just rips apart. And all of a sudden you don't have a single angel in front of you. You've got the multitude of the heavenly host. And the only way I know to say this or put this in perspective for you and for me is, do you have a song in your mind? Maybe I've got one I'll talk about it and just say, but you have a song in your mind that like you're like, no, man, you can't, that can't be a solo. Like you got to have a group involved for that right there. For me, this time of year, hallelujah chorus. It can't be a solo. It's literally called the hallelujah chorus. That's exactly right. So, I mean, it can't be a solo, right? And, and whether it's kind of the gospel-y version or more modern versions or classic, you know, put the choir in robes and just honk that bad boy off. I get moved when I hear the hallelujah chorus, especially this time of year, because you think I, I think about the baby um, who grew up to be the victorious king and who will rule and reign forever and ever and ever. And so when he shall reign forever, I just get moved by that. You can't sing that solo. This is exactly the issue. Shepherds, fire, sheep, angel, ho, oh, oh, oh. and then the sky just rips open and all of a sudden they start singing a song that can't be a solo. What song is it? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. There's our word. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. The choir gathered, that chorus gathered to sing God's praise and a solo just wouldn't do. I asked this question in the earlier service. I'll ask it here. What if our song, so to speak, the song of our lives, not just you individually, but yes, you individually, but then our collective song, us together. What if our song was glory to God in the highest and on earth, a kind of wholeness that doesn't come anywhere else? Like what would that, I mean, do you want to see, we prayed earlier, do you want to see people come to faith in Christ? Yes. Then we pray and we share the gospel and our lives reflect glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. And whatever echoes from this place, whatever, however loud we get, spiritually speaking, people drive by and be like, boy, I don't know about those people, but I do know this, man, they, they live for something. What, what if our song thundered in such a way that people had to pay attention, even if they weren't quite sure if they believed. And the song was both prayer and praise. And what was it? It was for peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Peace. 
And that leads us to the last statement here. Because the, the, the question is, why, why in the world, God, why would you do this? Why step into this messy world of ours? Why have to put up with all the things that you had to put up with? Why have to deal with all the things you deal with? Why not just let this thing spin down um, entropy? Uh, take, uh, just take it out, man. I mean, every time you leave us alone, we really screw some things up. And so why do that? Well, the answer is because we're so awesome, right? This is why God steps into our world is we're so awesome. Yeah? No. No. But because we're so needy and God looks down and he's like, yeah, 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 we'll see. No. According to the angel's song here, according to the chorus that got sung, it is because with, it says among those with whom he is pleased. And the reason I save this for the end is because our peace grows out of the soil, if you will, of his pleasure. He didn't look down and say, man, those people are fantastic. I'm so excited to have them on my team. I'm going to step in and do something for them. It's not because we're awesome. We're not. And it's not because we are so needy. We are needy, but need is not mentioned here. If, if it's our need that, that compels God to do these things, then that places him somewhere between Santa Claus granting wishes and Jeff Bezos granting um, uh, uh, delivering purchases, right? Like we made a deal. I'm, I'll hold up my end. You hold up yours. Folks, he chose to do this, was free to do as he wished, and he chose to step into this. Why? Because it gave him pleasure to do so. Not because of us. He is not constrained to have mercy on us. He is not obligated um, to offer us peace, and he is not legally bound to do us good. Because he is free to do this, we are free to, to receive it. And because he's free to do it, then for us, for us, that's a foundational thing. Like our peace can, it, do, it doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on whether our, what we feel like our needs in this moment are and if they've been met or not. Our peace grows out of his pleasure. So the other night, uh, Thursday night, we had a kids event um, over the Purdue's and uh, driving around, singing Christmas carols and uh, you know, seeing lights and this kind of thing. We're on the way home. I call in to check on um, the teenager at the house. Hey, buddy, have you eaten? Nope, you picking something up? Yes, I am, I guess now. So we drive through Chick-fil-A, right? We drive through Chick-fil-A. And uh, um, we, we pick up a, a chicken sandwich and all is well. It's fantastic. So we, we're like, we do a little uh, drive through thing and then we pull up and I'll be dead gum if it's not one of our other teenagers, not ours, but like in our church family, handing stuff out at the window. And so we're like, oh man, this is fantastic. Hey, it's good to see you. Roll down the window. He's like waving to the kids in the back, all this kind of stuff. And when it's done, get the stuff, get the milkshake because then, then the other people wanted the milkshake. So we get all the stuff. We, we enjoy all that kind of stuff. And at the end, I'm like, dude, thanks so much for doing this. And what did they respond? What did this teenager respond? It's my pleasure. And I believed him. I did. Sometimes I look at the Chick-fil-A people. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't. I mean, it's your paycheck. I don't know about if it's your pleasure or not. But him, him, I believed. He was smiling, happy, all these things. He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm going home in 30 minutes. Away. Like, I, it's my pleasure to give you this. It's great to see you all. Fantastic. And if you caught eyes with Jesus right now, why, Jesus, would you look down on me and do all of this? 
We're going to celebrate communion in just a moment. Why, why would you allow your body to be broken? And why would you shed your blood for me? Thank you, Jesus, for that. He would look at you and say, it was genuinely my pleasure. Yes, you have needs. But I'm not a, I'm not a machine. You just punch in some numbers and out comes something. It was my free pleasure to do this for you. And so we as a church family, every first Sunday, stop to remind ourselves of this. That God, out of his great love, free and undeserved love for you and for me, he gave Jesus to be our sacrifice. So I'm going to invite you, if you want to take a moment and close your stuff up and just kind of uh, set things to the side if you need to, we as a church family are going to celebrate communion. If the deacons want to go ahead and come down, um, who are going to serve? I'd, I'd love to have you down here. We do uh, communion two different ways. Uh, sometimes we set up tables around the way there and we... Um, uh, we, we let you come to the table. That's a symbol. It's a symbol of, <clears throat> excuse me, it is a symbol of coming to Jesus. Today, we'll pass the elements to you. It's a, it's a reminder that we are serving one another. We, we are offering one another these. And I, we're going to ask you, to, I'm going to ask you to do something weird. Is that okay? Can we do this? J- just as a reminder of this, it's going to be really odd. I just want you to know. But when you pass the plate, I, I want to invite you to look that person in the eye and say to them, may you live in God's peace. It's a Christmas blessing is what it is. May you live in God's peace. Would you practice one time with me, Frank? May you live in God's peace. You don't have to be loud or anything. Just may you live in God's peace. And you bless the people who are next to you. For some of you, it'll be really awkward. That's okay. Just do it. It'll be good. On the night that um, Jesus was betrayed, the night before he went to the cross, he had his followers in a room and he took bread and he broke it. That little cracker will symbolize this for us. It's a reminder, it's a reminder of everything that God has done for us. He, his body was broken so that you, can I, you and I could experience wholeness. And then he took a cup and he passed it around. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for you. We have peace with God because of what he did for us. We have peace with God because of what he did for us. So let's pray together. And then we'll celebrate communion. Anybody who's a follower of Jesus is welcome. Uh, Father, now in Jesus' name, we're here. And we simply ask that you would do, um, in this moment, what we've been talking about all along. That we would be reminded. uh, We would be refreshed in some ways. There would be some renewal that happens in us as we celebrate, as we remember what you have done for us in Jesus. We don't have peace any other way. Certainly not lasting peace. Certainly not eternal peace. Not peace with you. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. May this be fresh. And may we live in the peace that God gives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen, amen.